Watchtower. I'm glad to see that we're 30 seconds in and Justin has already entered the studio. Uh, sorry, I clicked the wrong thing. Um, everybody, I clicked, I clicked like the right side of my mouse. I was like, damn. Uh, everybody, welcome to um, the Man to Man podcast presented by Back Sports Page. I don't know why they're still playing music. <laughs> All right. Um, so we, so how you doing, Tom? Ah, oh, man, I had a really big paper due this week. I was stressing over it since Monday when we were done. So I got it off my plate. So now I'm doing a little bit better than I was doing this morning. So how are you today? That's good. That's good, man. It's good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, we'll talk about it at the end, but I think we both, uh, um, uh, we both, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where I was. We, going we both that. have some exciting news for next week's show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We have uh, some good guests coming on at least uh, next week for sure. One and then probably two with uh, your guys. So we will definitely have um, uh, some sweet guests. Uh, there's one a football player, uh, one ex NFL cheerleader, which we'll talk about at the end, and then a Butler football player as well. And we're on the road to more and more guests so we are doing well um i would also like to say uh this is presented by by my dude matt matt what a guy he's a musician out of ohio he's playing acoustic shows all over cleveland and cincinnati follow him on instagram at matt what a guy um for his latest shows and listen to his new song good people good beer on spotify apple music and wherever you get your tunes so uh, that's like one of my best buddies from when we were younger. I, he didn't play guitar until he was like 25, and he's sweet at it now. I go to a bunch of his shows. But, uh, yeah, he he went to Cincinnati, and uh, he does a lot of that stuff. So um, good for him, and uh, I just give him a shout-out. If you have anyone you want to give a shout-out to in the future, just let me know. Um, so today in sports history, we have some great, great news, um, just some great stories. In 1904, uh, England cricket all-rounder Bernard – Boss Anquit takes six for 51 as tourists dismiss Australia for 171 in the fourth test in Sydney to regain the ashes. Take an, take an unassailable 3-1 series lead. Uh, there's about three words in that sentence that I know. Um, so, And one of them is Sydney. It's a great place. I, I would love oh, yeah. to travel down. I would love to travel to like Australia, New Zealand, other than the fact that they have like eight foot snakes everywhere and like 25,000 pound spiders. So um, I'll stay away from there. I'm terrified of snakes. So um, and then also in 1852, uh, the 14th Grand National, which at the time was basically uh, the Kentucky Derby for the world. Um Alec, Alec Goodman wins his first of two Grand National victories. He won this one in 1852 and, 18, and one in 1866 aboard Miss Mowbray. So uh, that's kind of how um, horse racing got its start, and I'm sure they gambled on it back in the day. But um, it seems Love like a lot of those track. old – it seems – it's so weird because we've come into an age where, I mean, if you think about the history of sports in the United States, I mean, back when – I mean, it was, it was always baseball, boxing – and um, 
horse racing it, were like the really big sports. And now it's completely different. You have NBA, NFL and baseball is falling by the wayside. So, um, but that's also why people lost a lot of money because they gambled all their money away that they didn't have. So on horse races or boxing. So, um, uh, let's get into some news for the day. Uh, Tom, you're not talking very much, so you can go ahead and take those over while I write down <laughs> my, uh, where do you go to school? So go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yankees manager Aaron Boone will be having a surgery uh, to get a peacemaker put in. Uh, peacemaker, not a peacemaker. It's, I, it's attached bro, to your heart. It's a bitch. Dyslexia is a bitch, man. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I heard you say peacemaker. I was like, nope, I know it's nope, a pacemaker. You said what I say because that's what I read because, like, dyslexia is a bitch. Um, let's see. Do you know what it's like, why he's having it? Do you know, like, what, what's wrong with his heart? Uh, I don't know everything. I know we had issues at the end of last season. Um, it seems like a lot of managers had issues at the end of last season, um, yeah. health wise and other. I mean, Terry Francona for the Indians, this is off topic, but Terry Francona for the Indians basically missed the entire season last year with an undisclosed injury or like with an undisclosed sickness that they said wasn't COVID, but he didn't like manage at all. So, um, but a pacemaker doesn't surprise me. Uh, I think probably most, um, big time college and big time pro coaches um, probably have high blood pressure and have a heart rate. That's very high. So I can understand that. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah man, yeah. I mean, totally makes sense to have it. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of takes away the fact that you could just have a heart attack in the dugout and die. Uh, I don't know if how that, if that's how it works, but um, I mean, I, I love looking at the videos of the meltdowns from, from the dugout coaches. Or, or from oh, the managers yeah. when they're like they're disagreeing with the call and they get tossed and then they just have a complete meltdown. Those are my oh, favorite videos to watch. The, but, the, the best <laughs> is uh, it's it's when it's in the minor leagues though, yeah. and those coaches just don't give, they don't, give. don't care at all. I do you remember the video of the guy? Oh, I'll try and find it. Uh, maybe we'll show it next time because I think it's a lot. But he missed like he got ejected and then he went to like the dugout and threw out all the, the bats out. and then um. What was the other guy who did? He went down and like dusted home plate and ran around the bases and like threw uh, the sandbag on the uh, pitcher's yeah, mouth like a grenade. Yeah, out the outfield and took up second base and threw it in the center yeah. field. Then there was the guy who he he was up in the in the ump's face, yelling at him, yelling at him. Gets tossed, just turns around to the dugout, puts his head down. And this I think this was actually a player. Uh, he puts his head down, comes back out with the garbage can and put the garbage can right behind home plate and said, "That's you, bro." And I'm, I'm putting – I used a different word at the end of that sentence there. He didn't say bro, but he's yeah. like, that's you, bro. Um, oh, that's yeah, maybe, maybe one of the shows next week we'll have, to, we'll have to do our top five manager and coach meltdowns or our Mount Rushmore of it, and we'll, we'll put videos in because, <laughs> I mean, if we just did a whole episode with, like, meltdowns from coaches and we put videos in where we just kind of commentate, we could easily – it would be one of our most popular episodes. Oh, I love it. It's great. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, uh, you can read B because it because it really affects you. Um, by the way, I have to I have to ask you after Monday's show of uh, are you feeling better now? Um, do you now realize that Sam Darnold is the worst quarterback in the NFL? I mean, I wouldn't say he's the worst in the NFL. 
who was it? I think PFF ranked uh, all like 59 different quarterbacks started this year um, for NFL teams. And uh, I think Sam Darnold was, was in the top 25. I'm pretty sure. But like, the guys at the end, like RG3 started a game <laughs> and like um, Ben DiNucci, who the, the, ben basically, DiNucci. the Cowboys basically emergency drafted out of James Madison and he played in like four games and like Kyle Allen. It was just crazy. But um, yeah, go ahead. Tell, I, tell your new tell your news about how you're not going to trade your uh, fraud quarterback. Uh, I still wouldn't. But that's just me. Um, you still wouldn't or you would? I mean, I wouldn't if we were like not getting something worth it back. I'm a very, I'm fine trading Sam Darnold. Like I said, like like I said last week, I'm fine trading him, and I'm also fine keeping him. Like I don't really have a personal preference on the either one way or another. I just want to see some commitment to one way or another. But the Joe Douglas today said that uh, he's been taking calls and will be taking calls for Sam Darnold. Um, they're not looking to trade for a star player, probably a quarterback. I don't get that because if you could get a star player for Sam Darnold, like hop on that yeah, immediately. I mean, uh, like, this I'm is, fine this getting is... a quarterback, but like if you could get a star player, like and we're talking star player for Sam Darnold, I would because then you could draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. And like I, I'm not trying to like belittle the Jets here, but like they're one of the teams where I feel like there's only a couple players that are untouchable. Like I would hold on to Jamison Crowder. Uh, yeah, I would too. Who knows if they're going to um, do that? Because I've been hearing a couple of rumors, not a bunch, but a couple that they could cut him just yeah. to save eleven million dollars. Uh, I mean, we've seen it in the past two days, but I think we're going to see an unheralded offseason in the NFL players getting cut. Kyle Rudolph got cut yesterday, and so did Kyle Van Noy, um, who was just yeah. in the first year of his $55 million deal. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but back to the Jets, it, it, like, I wouldn't give up Jamison Crowder. I probably – I mean, you don't give up Becton ever. Um, Never. And so, some other players are like – Marcus May. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you were able to get – if, if the Texans asked for Marcus May for Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't throw him in? I mean, I know it depends on what else is in it, but. I mean, well, number one, I think we have to sign him anyway. I think he's a free agent maybe, but they're talking about no, franchise just, tagging. Didn't, didn't they? Didn't he, he, he picked up it. They, they extended him. Oh, uh, did they? I'm almost positive. I thought I was, heard that they were in talks to do it. I didn't know that they actually did it. Yeah, Marcus signed, May's uh, agent slams Jets ahead of contract negotiations and free agency. Um, yeah, it says last year or this past season, September 5th, he signed a four-year $160 million extension. Huh, that's weird because I, I, I see this article on Bleacher Report. His agent slams Jets ahead of contract negotiation, negotiations and free agency. I mean, if – I mean, it's possible he'll want to rework his deal, but I mean that gives him less leverage than ever. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't see that ending anywhere near amicable. Or it, it, I mean, it's just going to be it's going to be bad. Yeah, no, he's a free agent according to Sports Track. Then he must not sign. I mean, I'm reading right now from NFL.com on September 5th, 2020. The, Dex, the Texans have signed quarterback. Sean Watson to a contract extension worth 70, 160 million. I'm talking Marcus years. May here. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about Deshaun Watson. No, no, no. I said Marcus May, and I said it when I was reading Marcus May's agent rips Jets for refusing to take care of their best oh, player. I thought you were talking about Deshaun I was saying Marcus May. No, 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 no. I got you. I, thought, I, was like, I, mean, if, I mean, the Texans would have to sign him, but, I mean. I, yeah, it would be a sign-in trade, but it, it comes up to that, but it, that's also really hard for me to, to discuss because I really don't want to see the Jets trade for Deshaun Watson. And, and I've been saying that the past couple of weeks here. You've kind of swayed me a little bit where um, to the point where like Sam Darnold to the Jets is kind of like Kareem Hunt to the Browns for me. Like you're never going to get – I mean you have to remember the market's already been set for that quarterback class by Josh Rosen who was traded a year later. So um, – and I think they only got a second-round pick out of him. They got and a so, second? Wow, that's a fleece. I, I, yeah, Josh Rosen. He sucks. Um, but like I said, we've seen that um, as like set up the market for that. And like in the same way that I'd be like, yeah, I would love to trade Kareem Hunt for like a star. He He's going to be way less value. Him and Sam Darnold are way less valuable to other teams than they are to their own teams. So if I'm the yeah. Jets – I am either sticking with Sam Darnold this year and bringing in a free agent quarterback or I'm drafting one, maybe not right away, but they should look to trade back maybe and draft and see what kind of falls to them. Yeah, um, I, I like the idea of trading back and, and rolling with Sam for the next two years because you know he's cheap and he's not – like I said, I don't think he's the worst starting quarterback in the league, but I just he's not obviously not great, but he is 23 years old with a lot of potential. Uh, why not just see what he has for the next two years under his super cheap contract? Yeah. But if, yeah. He, if you're telling me like, yeah, we're going to trade him to Pittsburgh for name, a, name a defensive player, like Although, literally yeah, anyone I, on defense for them, you, I would take. I don't think you get a player for him. I, I, I there's no way. I, well, I they're think. saying that in, in this thing that you said, or you sent over downplays the idea of trading for a star player, probably a quarterback. Is that when yeah. you were when you typed that? Did you mean like they're probably not going to trade for a star quarterback? Yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure. I wasn't sure if that meant in the Darnold move. Okay, oh, that no, makes no. a lot more sense. The um, only, the only, the only thing that makes this tricky for me for the Jets is like we've kind of looked at the quarterbacks that are going to come out in the future, and we really have no idea because we have, a lot of them haven't still haven't played a game yet in college. But yeah. in this draft, this this uh, draft class is weird to me because you have guy like Trevor Lawrence who is, I mean, he's the best prospect since, since Andrew Luck, probably the best prospect since two thousand. Um, so he is that like if you don't have him, none of the other guys are surefire things. Yep. So if they could trade back in a Trey Lance or like someone falls into their lap, a Justin Fields maybe or Zach Wilson, that would be huge. But I. Then, then, but if if they don't do that, then they have to be willing. Like they have to come out and say they're sticking with Sam Darnold for two years because exactly. there's no one coming out. There's no one coming out next year's draft right now that I'm looking at that mm-hmm. you would take over Sam Darnold. I don't think. I think. Yeah. Like I said, well, I think. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, like, if you're the Jets, you have to decide: is anyone in this draft class worth more than Sam Darnold is worth right now? Because you can trade Sam Darnold and get other picks. And, you know, take take whoever you want with the two. If you're going to stick with Sam Darnold, I honest, honestly, I wouldn't even trade down. I would take Sewell and give him 
two actual linemen to give him some time because he still needs more time to progress and more time to, to go through the, the progressions. So if you're going to say Sam Donald's our guy, we're going to roll with him for the next two years minimum because no one's worth it over the next two years, fine. But you need to commit to that and stop letting these trade rumors start to get into his head. And it affects the team morale. So you just need to have a, a plan and stick with it. But like you can't just sit here and do nothing because the, no one else is not going to be so sitting stagnant. When you said that like no player in this draft is worth more than Sam Darnold. I said I'm a quarterback. Like, like what do like, you mean what did you mean by that? Because in trade value and in career value and basically every quarterback or the top Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields are all worth more than so when I said worth more, I didn't mean like off a trade value chart or I didn't mean um something like that, like where you were going with. When I said worth more, I mean are they going to be like are they definitively gonna be worth more long term to the Jets than Sam Darnold? Because if if you think Sam Darnold can be that Mark Sanchez that we talked about last show where he can just be able to get it done sort of enough, like, great. But if anyone's going to propel the offense to a different level, for sure that you know it's not going to take a step down, which anyone other than Trevor Lawrence you can't guarantee, then you need to stick with Sandra. Okay, if you so want to – if you're here's, – go, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it's your team. Go ahead. No, no. Go for it. Uh, I don't like. I don't mind that at all. Like, I think if you have Sam Darnold and you already have Mackie Becton right there, left tackle, and then you move Sewell, who's a more natural right tackle, yeah. but you're taking a huge risk drafting Sewell that high because if Sam Darnold doesn't work out in the next two years, I mean, we don't know if there's going to be another quarterback that's better than Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. So while I don't mind it. Um, and I, if I, if I was a Jets fan or if this were the Browns were in the same situation, I would rather probably let him go and build the line and maybe bring in a veteran. Um, but it, so, I mean, it's just, I just, I think it's really hard to pass up on a guy who's younger than some of the rookies that are coming out. I agree. And he's and still 23 years old with a lot. Like he hasn't even hit his prime years. Just like we say with Deshaun Watson, who's 26, he's just entering his prime and he's already top three. Obviously, I'm not comparing Sam Darnold to Deshaun Watson. They're not on the same level whatsoever, or not even on the same level where Deshaun Watson was three years ago. But he is 23 years old. He came out at like 19 <laughs> into the draft. You yeah, know what that, I'm saying? That's what, so I, like, that's what I was gonna say. Is like that draft class that that draft class of quarterbacks is so skewed because Baker Mayfield went number one, and he's like by far the oldest. And so if I think if you want to look at it this way, this is the way I would look at it as a Jets fan. If you get him Sewell or or, not, or a weapon, um, he needs to have the kind of year that Baker Mayfield had as a rookie because they're the same age. So I'll give Sam Donald the, the past three years, I'll give him a pass on it. But he needs to come out and have the same kind of impactful season that Baker Mayfield had when he was 23. That's my I opinion. agree. And, and the fact that you no longer have Todd Bowles or Adam Gase as the head coach, like – I'm a, I've been a big fan of Salah for for at least the the yeah. signing. I think Sal, I think you guys pick other than Staley. I think maybe I think you guys got the best head coach by far. 
Yeah, well, and obviously the enemy didn't move, which I think he would have been a very good head coach. Well, I, but to get off topic, I, I I think at this point, I think the enemy is just waiting for Andy Reid to retire. Yeah, it's the same thing with McDaniel's when he stepped back from the Colts to stay with the OC at the Patriots. Yeah, I mean he the enemy's like okay, Andy Reid. They get to he coaches under him for two more years, then I. At some point, he has to either give up or be like, Andy, you got to retire at some point, man. I, I got to be head coach or I'm going to leave. So, um, yeah. but Yeah, so I just – I think it's – I'm trying to figure out a good way to, to kind of leave with it. I, I want to see the Jets just commit to a plan. Like, if you want to say Sam Darnold's not going to be our guy anymore, then you need to, like, make the move and start getting ready to build. If you are going to keep Sam Darnold, then you got to start making the steps forward to keep him. Because if you keep letting these trade rumors and like saying, oh, I'm going to be listening to calls, it's going to get in his head. And honestly, he's not going to want to resign because the Jets suck enough as is for, for anyone else to, <laughs> to try and yeah, just stay I, on. But like, I it's think just, it's I, I think you, especially in the in New York, I mean, the media is crazy in New York. So there's going to be trade rumors probably about every player some day of the week at some point. So he can't, he's got to know that he's in New York and he can't take that personally. And um, yeah, I just, I, 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 if they want to commit to that plan, I like it. I don't hate it at all. Um, and I am looking back at this, uh, th- this trade, uh, Josh Rosen was traded to the dolphins for for um, their second round pick. So mm-hmm. if you look at that to gauge what Sam Darnold would draw, I mean, I, and this is nothing against Sam Darnold. It's just the market is set because it is. I mean, I don't think you're going to get better than, I, I would say a fourth round pick probably. I don't think it'll get better than a third round pick. I don't, I don't think you'll get a third round pick. I think you're looking at a fourth or fifth round pick and um, that's just not worth it. Like I said, he's more valuable to New York than he is to, yeah, uh, and I, I don't know. It's going to be Pittsburgh yeah. or Chicago. And yeah. well, I don't know. I've heard I've heard Russell will. I mean, we'll get to we we'll might you know we'll what? Get we might to, as well. We, we might as well just go into it. Just go um, right in. All right. Yeah, uh, I've heard Russell Wilson is uh, he's like serious about the um, Bears, right? Which honestly, I would love to see. Like, I would love <laughs> to see Russell Wilson in Chicago. I would. It's it's more fun when Chicago's good. And honestly, as as, as I'm not a Bears fan, but as a guy that, that grew up in Northeast Ohio, it was tough to watch Mitch Trubisky the past couple of years. Like, yep. he clearly wasn't very good. And the fact that they traded all the way up to number two to get him when, when you have guys like Mahomes and Watson that went behind him, it, it, it's, it's tough I, to take. Don't forget, I, like you say traded all the way up to number two, and I hate that I have to bring this back up. I really do. You say trade all the way up to number two. Do you remember where they traded up from? They, didn't they trade up from like six? No, they traded up from three to two. Yeah, I know. And they gave they, up. They, they gave up like yeah. two picks. Yeah, they traded two picks to move up one spot over the 49ers to get Mitch Trubisky over every other quarterback. And then the 49ers ended up taking uh, Nick Bosa. No, was no, it Nick, no. Was that, was it, no, that was the next year. Uh, Who did they take the year before that? Uh, I want to say maybe Armstead or Buckner. Armstead's no, no, too no. old. He's Armstead's too old. He's twenty. He's twenty six. Buckner's too old. He's twenty six. 
Uh, did they get what Samuel did in the first round? No, no, no. Debo? What what year was that? I, don't know, I think it was 2017. I'm looking it up. Hang on. It's someone on defense. I know that for sure. Solomon Thomas. That's who it was. Oh. He's not terrible, but he definitely didn't turn out to be what he was. But uh, what but they, fle- they fleeced two picks to to oh, yeah. for the Bears to move up one spot for a guy that no one was going to take. Oh, and, and and that's what makes it so horrible, and I feel bad for Bears fans. Like, I highly doubt Kyle Shanahan was was ever going to take Mitch Trubisky. At he wasn't three. taking a quarterback. It, like, a I, it, so I, I just I that that was weird and. Um, like I said, so we'll get back to Russell Wilson. Um, I, I know you've seen the memes everywhere, of, and not, not even the memes, just like memes and like graphics of just how it's the Russell Wilson quote, I'm tired of getting hit. And then it's just a list of all the edge and big, good pass rushers in the AFC or in the NFC West. Um, yeah, I, with the new the, J.J. I, Watt edition. It's great. I love them. I mean, I'm almost to the point where I think it's more likely at this point that um, Russell Wilson gets traded before Sean Watson because yeah. I, I, I've seen it. I originally, like, I thought the Seahawks, if it would come down to a choice originally, I thought it was they would go with Russell Wilson. They would stick with their quarterback. But the more and more I'm hearing, uh, they want to stay with Pete Carroll more than they want to stay with Russell Wilson. So um, I, I'd i love to see him in the Bears. Um, that means he's not coming to the AFC. That's great. Um, <laughs> that is so, great. Um, yeah, I mean, and – even to bring up, go back to Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson would be better suited to stay in the NFC. Like Deshaun Watson's in the AFC. Oh, I, well, I know Deshaun Watson would get traded. He, they would both fare better in the NFC. Yeah, yeah, I, I got mean, what you're especially for a guy like Watson, because I mean, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFC? Breeze gone. Brady should Brady. be gone by maybe. Two, two years. three years. You have to, in three years. Tom Brady better be retired, or I'm going to lose my mind. Um, uh, Aaron Jameis Rogers. Winston. Jameis, hey dude, famous Jameis is. The I'm man. all about Jameis coming back, dude. Comeback story. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is really scary. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is. Daniel Jones forcing the um, NFC East. Yeah, I mean, unless you got anything else on the Russell Wilson thing, I feel like we talk about this every time. And I mean, like, other than like the first, other other than the first week when we talked about each one, there's nothing like concrete anywhere. Like it's well, just nothing concrete, spec- and nothing's happening. Like all of the yeah. news has died down. There's just well, I, nothing to add in. But you have to talk about it because it's still going on. And like you've said multiple times, this is going to be the biggest trade in NFL history. And like, well. I, I was in uh, – um, so it's called Slack. It's a group chat kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a visit. I was in that with Flurry, and they were all, like, saying they were, like – and I kind of agree with them. J.J. Watt, I mean, it always feels like in every sport there has to be one big-name player that's in free agency that hits it to set the market. Um, and yeah. so J.J. Uh, Watt said it, and I, I, I mean, I don't know. So um, I don't know where I was really going with that. I just talked that. I don't. I don't know. But JJ Watt did set that, and I mean, it was way too much money. I I, I still can't believe they gave him twenty three million, um, uh, guaranteed. That's crazy. Oh, you want to know a really funny story about me? So uh, 
I'm an idiot and I'm writing an article about how the Browns should sign to JV and Clowney. And I'm searching because I saw it pop up. I searched or I didn't, I was searching something else and it's, it popped up that Adam Schefter had stopped by ESPN Cleveland 850 uh, to say this stuff. And I posted it all. I was like, this is a good article. I'm going to get some good views on this. Um, and uh, the guy from the other side, he, he, he uh, messaged me. He's like, you know, that quote was from last year. Right. And I went back and looked at it. I was like, because he was like, did my, did Adam Schefter visit with them again this year? Or was that from last year? I looked at it. I was like, fuck, man, last year. And so I just scrapped the whole thing. That's um, terrible. It did, well, like I said, it didn't take very long, but I, I, I just felt like an idiot. I was like, I kept looking for it. I was like, he must, this has to be happening this year, but. Um, no, I, I, I messed that not. up. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I messed that up. And uh, also the title of the podcast is that I'm hot. After this afternoon, I am officially not hot. So all of my picks, I want you all to fade me. If you want to follow me, follow me. But um, There you go. <laughs> um, still in the NFL, uh, unless you got anything else in those two situations, I'm just going to move on so we can get through everything. JJ uh, Watt. Are we talking about JJ Watt yet? Well, I mean, what do you want to talk about with JJ Watt? <laughs> uh, well, first, firstly, oh God, I had it. Uh, oh, he texted. Yeah, look at <laughs> look at that guy. Um, Unbelievable. He, he texted Kyler Murray. I saw that. <laughs> Dude, his pecs look really small. There, he's not very strong. I see no no definition right there. Swing. Also. Also, when like like if you're gonna do that, I just noticed this. If you're gonna do that and like you want someone to buy, I mean, you have enough money, man. You don't have to buy like the Fanatics brand Raglan three quarter baseball shirt. Just get a story about it. Oh yeah, he had one of his brother's friends or whatever guy. Yeah, yeah, he was so worried that like the person that was packaging his order would see his name on it and was like putting two to two together. So he had his friend. Use the use his credit card to buy it to ship it to their house so that he drove it over so that it could be a big surprise for everyone. But anyway, I mean, what I was going to bring up was that uh, after he signed the deal officially, he texted Kyler Murray saying something along the lines of like, "I believe in you, and that's why I came here." I love Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray is my favorite fa- player. He's my favorite player. Um, uh, and Chase Young's my favorite defensive player. Um, but we've said it before, Kyler, I mean, he's going to be really, really good for the next three to four years, but the way he plays the game isn't going to translate in his 30s, in his early 30s and late 20s as well as a Deshaun Watson will translate. And, like, I love Kyler, but, I mean – I still want them. I, I still really want them to sign. Honestly, if they sign Will Fuller, I might check off the Browns next year and just be a Cardinals fan. Just be a Cardinals. Hey, they could be your. They could be your NFC team to root for. Oh, they were. I mean, they were this year. <laughs> I mean, um, but going back to JJ Watt, like the more I've looked at it, and the more I've heard about it, I think the main reason he did it, obviously, a money, and b, I guess it's a good spot for him and his wife. Which I, I guess, <laughs> which makes sense. I mean, if, if you're, and if I think I got married like two years ago, like if you're young, like married people, like she pray, she plays professional soccer in um, 
the women's league. Um, yep. So I guess Arizona was just a better spot for him and his wife, which honestly, if he wouldn't have gotten paid 23 million guaranteed and just chose Arizona for like a regular contract, I would have been like, you know what? I'm cool with that. That's fine. You just, you're going to ride out your days. You have a pretty good team. There's a chance they'll make the, I mean, they're going to be playoff contenders for the next couple of years. And you're going to, you're going to go out like happily living with your wife in Arizona, but yeah, the 23 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the 23 million is just, it's crazy. I, I mean, I, I cannot believe that. But um, anyway, that was the last I had on JJ Watt. Uh, time to play the TikTok. Oh yeah. The TikTok. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> now, now that we're doing, oh, I have to share my screen. Hold on, hold on. Go I have to share my screen. I have to share my screen. Yes. Sorry. All right. No. What happened? There we go. All right. Ah. Uh, that one. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I can't hear the audio. You can't hear it? I can't hear it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll move on. I'll play it off my phone. Um, that's fine. That's upsetting. <laughs> I, Randy tried to shoot because I, I, I wasn't like uh, – Randy tried to show me something, and I, I just I, – I don't know. He said he could do it like that. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And uh, we may not have any more videos of them. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, it, homie, I just, it's so sad though I, that's a great tiktok <laughs> i do i think there for anyone that wants to know it's his twic his tiktok is uh at w y a t t z w o r l l w o r l d wyatt's world wyatt's he's got a couple world. of them on there definitely check him out um maybe Where if i get is. it up I'll, if i get it up i'll play it as we end um but I thought when you originally said the thing I said to you, I thought it was this that picture, but then I found the TikTok. So um, that's um, whatever. Um, so Anywho. that's it for JJ Watt, and that's uh, not it for NFL. Um, X Browns and my this dude's messed up. Jeez, what's wrong hey, with he tight was a Jet ends? too? He played all over the place. Uh, what's wrong with these tight ends that just want to kill people? X Browns and Miami Hurricanes tight end Kellen Winslow the second. It's a 14-year jail sentence for uh, sexual assaults and rape. Uh, good, throw him away. Um, yeah, he was. He's 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 he was always a bad dude. I, I, I he was good, yeah. but I never liked him. I mean, he ruined his career after he rode his motorcycle in like a parking lot. Uh, right. So it was he's very not odd. his father though. His father was. His father was very good. Insane for the Chargers, yeah. especially. Uh, was it the Chargers I, I was, or the Rams? It was the Chargers because I, I so. there was the one game he had, yo, where he was like literally would go out for just fourth downs and then go to the sideline and, and be like carried off by his people and get put on the oxygen tank and then they'd go three and out. Or not even three and out. They'd go three three downs without gaining any yards. And he'd hobble back out there with like, you know, his one leg. He's like limping out there and then would go and catch it and get their first down and do the same thing again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely I mean, insane. One of the craziest stat lines in NFL history and one of the greatest games, I think. One of the best tight ends. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll bring that up. Who are, your, who are your top three tight ends of all time? And you can include a guy like George Kittle, who you think will eventually be top three of all time. Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty set on mine, I think. 
I think number one is always and forever going to be Tony Gonzalez. I mean, it's I really hard to argue. You disagree? Are you are, are you saying Kittle could go down as the best? Is that why? Who? No. Kittle I or think Kelsey? Gronk, I think I think it's Gronk easily. I, I was going to go Gronk at two. Yeah, um, and I, I agree. Well, I I I think I think it's you Gronk. Them, but yeah, I think it's Gronk Kelsey. Um, and then I, I will say Kittle will probably make it there. But right now, as of all time, I'll say Gonzalez, obviously, because he, I mean, well, the fact is the tight end position has changed so much in the NFL. So it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I would have Kelsey as my three. Um, Gronk is two and Gonzalez is one. But I feel that. I feel that. Um, stand up for a second. <laughs> stand up for a second. Stand up. Why? Who is that? Who's 55. Uh, he, that's just the year that Butler was founded. It was 1855. We have the Butler War song on the back of the shirt. Oh, I thought it was a Jersey. Dang it. No, no, I was no, thinking no, no. about it. I was thinking about it. That guy who's from last episode, the guy who set the pick was number 50 something. So I'll find it. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. No, I, this is just the shirt that they gave us. Um, so we will uh, Raiders GM Mike Mayock endorses Derek Carr and calls him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What? I said I forgot about the other two news companies. I mean, Mike Mayock, the fact that, I mean, he's basically John Gruden's uh, puppet. Um, but, he, I mean, Derek Carr, I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I guess he's top 16. Yeah, I'd say he's top half of the league, not nearly top twelve, but he's he's up there. He's better than Sam Darnold. And I, I will say this about Derek Carr: he's never had a really good group of skill position players around him. I mean, the best player he's had is uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? Darren Waller. They have now. Who? Darren Waller. They have Waller, but who's the running back? They Dan, have? Darren Waller is the tight end, and they have the Josh back. Jacobs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, he wasn't really I mean, there just, for the McFadden days. And I mean, if you, I mean, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, they just draft fast players like Henry Ruggs will score a good amount of touchdowns in his career as long as he doesn't get hurt, but he's not that great of a, I mean, he just runs fast. And he's, yeah, they, I, I they got I, Tyree Jr. light or Tyree Kill Jr. light. Like, he's not even Tyree Kill Jr., it's Jr. light because Tyree Kill Jr. is Miko Hardman. Okay. Like he's uh, he's not even as good. I I don't think he's as good as Nicole Hardman right now. It's tough to say because it's a very different situation. I think Nicole Hardman would have roughly the same stats as Henry Ruggs if he played for. Um, Fair enough. I'll give you that. The Raiders, but uh, yeah, I understand. It, it just it feels like every player on the Raiders. It's like their offense is so inflated because. I mean, they're just yeah. so good. Well, and uh, Mayock, I, Mayock has not made a good pick since he's been there. Think think about the first Josh draft. wasn't terrible. I mean, yeah, he wasn't, but like – He was, that, that was too early. They, they picked him in the second round, right? Or was he a first? No, it was late, it was he late was first. first 20, that, yeah. was, that was when they had three first-round picks, I believe. They took right. Farrell, uh, someone else, and – Damon uh, Arnett. <laughs> The Damon that Arnett. This, that was this past year. 
Uh, I'm just I'm listing off all the bad picks they have. No, They're yeah, all this, terrible. This, pa- this past year, they drafted Ruggs and Damon Arnett in the first round, which was very dumb by them for drafting Damon. Damon Arnett was nowhere near a top 32 player. He was projected um, to go day three, and they took him 20. It's unbelievable. Just um, <laughs> uh, some uh, some some football news on the pitch. Uh, Manchester United um, have been held to their third straight draw today. Um, huge Manchester derby on Sunday. I know you don't care about soccer, but I am very fed up with United. Um, I understand why people think soccer is boring, and I will openly say that if you watch the last three United games, it, it has been very, very boring. Um but uh, they have a big match on Sunday um, against Manchester City, the Manchester Derby. Um, they'll probably be stabbings and stuff, so prepare for that news. That'll be fine. I uh, got a little news that just came out here uh, a minute ago. The Giants have reportedly cut Golden Tate. Wide receiver signed, the, uh, signed a deal a year or two ago for like $32 million over four years. Uh, he, played- he obviously – he was he played for the uh the Lions Eagles and yeah he played didn't he play for the Eagles when they won the soup oh, no 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 he was there two Where'd years Golden ago take go to school where golden take go to school I don't know that's one going on there all righty what oh that's bullshit now I'm just gonna look it up and be like yeah I, pre- I, I, I yeah I'm pretty sure he went to Notre Dame I'm pretty sure. Did he? I because I I always like with the Golden Dome and uh, uh, yeah, no, hey, look at you. Um, <laughs> so uh, that that's interesting. Like I said, I think we're gonna have a lot of news on Monday about cut players. Um, I think the Browns could very well cut Sheldon Richardson. Um. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if they cut one of their receivers or didn't. I mean, I would. There's only one thing they can do this offseason that would really, really, really piss me off. The Browns I'm talking about is not re-sign Rashard Higgins. I would be very angry if they didn't Rashard. I Higgins. hope they do. He's on my dynasty team. I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, he was basically nothing under Freddie Kitchens because Freddie Kitchens sucked, and he when he finally got playing time this year, he was like he played well, he's, bro. That's what I've been he's saying. Baker's that's favorite why I, target. He's Baker's that's favorite why target. I took him, bro. I see he like not only is he Baker's favorite target, but like he fits that offense so well. Well, because he, he just didn't spot. get time. You can get like he can play the spot and he can play outside. Like yeah, I mean he's perfect. I, I love yeah. Hollywood. He could be whatever man. Jarvis Landry is not being for the game plan. And honestly, if I'm the Browns, I'm going to pay him a little extra because the only reason – I mean, he was a huge factor in them making the playoffs, especially the late push to make the playoffs. Yeah, he had some and great games. Basically, they owe him because Baker Mayfield talked to um, Higgins last uh, spring because he was a free agent last spring, and they just – and he convinced him to stay. He played for $910,000. That's a little bit more – than like a set like a practice squad. Well, that's not a little bit more, but practice yeah, squad he played player, for basically they, nothing. Yeah, so they need to pay him, and they need to do it soon because he will actually draw interest outside. Hell, I would love him on the Jets, and, and I've been watching him. That's like, like I said, I have him on my dynasty team, 
By the way, my dynasty team, I don't know if I've told you about it. It's offense and defense, and there's like 40 players. It's honestly horrible. I hate it so much, but I, I had to go and take deep dives into guys like Higgins. He's a great player, just like Kiki Cutesy, another guy on the Texans that they should really be looking to keep. And I'm sure they'd be willing to trade if someone wanted them. But Dude, you know, that's, you know how – I actually am now looking back and thinking about it. If if the Cardinals do sign Will Fuller, I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah. As long as, they hold, as long as they can hold on to some of their pieces, because you got to look at that. I mean, even if it's not Kenyon Drake, it's Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, their line is okay, and even so, Kyler Good Murray built, but built to move it around. And then your three receivers are Hopkins, who's probably still the best in the game right now. Um, debatably. I mean, he's still top five at least. Top three. Yeah. Top three. Yeah. Christian Kirk, who plays slot or deep ball, and Will Fuller. I mean, then you add a tight end, like a decent tight end to that. Oh, I mean, you know, Dan Dan Arnold is not a bad tight end. He's a uh, great pass catching tight end. They have yeah. Dan Arnold. That's uh, that's. It. I mean, and 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 they. I mean, I would hope that this year they finally start playing Simmons as a more in the box player. I want him to have a definitive position and actually see playing time. That that pissed me off so much because when's the last time you've seen someone take a defensive stud like Simmons and not play him? And not only did you take him, you took him eight overall and like barely played him. Yeah, I mean, you just don't taken, you don't see it ever. He was taken earlier than uh, was uh, uh, who's the. Strong safety for uh, Chargers. Derwin James. Derwin James. I mean, he should be playing the exact role that Derwin Derwin James is playing, but he should actually probably end up being better because he's better in coverage Mm -hmm. and he is bigger and faster. So, yeah, I would love to see him play, um, but Cliff Kingsbury is going to do whatever he wants, so I I don't know. Um, uh, We never really talked about Tiger Woods on Monday. Um, do we think anything bad happened? Uh, I know the sheriff today got a warrant for his black box. I didn't know cars had black boxes. I just know that planes did because when that um, yeah. that uh, Indonesian plane went down, uh, they couldn't find it. Still, one of the that that was when I was running one of my like every year or so I would do my own WordPress blog, and I covered that. Like I was I was deep into conspiracy theories about what right. happened. I, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I, I enjoyed writing about that probably more than a lot of things I write about. But um, so, I mean, I don't think anything's bad. I hope it doesn't come back that he was like drunk or on drugs. Um, the uh, the sheriff said that he wasn't drunk. I remember yeah, saying I part about that. Yeah, but I mean, you never know what was in his system. I'm sure they drug tested him, but um, whatever. And I, I think he should just, I think he should finish out this year play a couple tournaments next year and just retire. Cause at this point he's so hurt and so injured. He's never going to catch Jack. He's in my opinion, he's never going to catch Jack. And so, I mean, he'll still go down as probably the second greatest golf. He'll, he might even go down as the best golfer in the, in the history of golf. Um, that just, he ran into injuries. It sucks. I mean, well, not only injuries, but like his father dying really messed him up and threw him off his game for a chunk of years. And then the injuries and, 
and then the injuries and the divorce and yeah. Uh, so he he just he fell apart after his father died, and it's really a shame because I think he would have gone down as the best in in golf history. I but still think he might. He I might. Still think, I still think like guys like my age and even guys like your age. I, I think they'll. I think they'll say ten. Uh, no, you guys probably your age probably won't because he hasn't been very good since two thousand. Yeah, but like when you're when I was growing up, he was he was gone. Yeah, I mean. Like he, I mean, yeah, exactly. and that might be why he goes down in, as the best in history because of what he brought to the game. Literally, no I mean, one tuned into golf, and then Tiger Woods showed up, and everyone's tuning into golf. Like last year, I watched. I don't really watch golf that much. Yeah, the well. Masters last year, when Tiger won, or I don't know if it was the year before, maybe. I watched that whole fourth round on Sunday. I did not move from my couch. I watched that whole fourth round, watch him win. Um, but like I said, I think he should retire. He's done enough. Um, his kid, I don't know if you, have you seen his kid? His kid looks like he's going mean, to be his kid. His kid is going to be better than him. I mean, uh, I, I, there was, they, they put like, they were on the practice uh, tees and they were uh, not the practice, the driving range and they put their swings like next to each other. Side by side. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. And the kid's um, like eight or nine or something like that. Like he's, yeah, he's really super young. young. Hopefully, I think Tiger will have learned, and he won't train him like a, you know, a Navy SEAL like Tiger decided to train like. But uh, um, yeah, and just just as a fact, golf was more fun when Tiger played. I watched golf when Tiger played, so it sucks that he's going to go down like this. But it was it was. I'll remember golf when I'm older, and I'll just remember Tiger Woods for the most part. So, um, all right, we're into some college hoops. Uh, before we get into our um, AFC North free agency, uh, so a lot happened <laughs> since oh yeah <laughs> since last weekend really, but uh, been since last Monday, um, Gonzaga is now the only undefeated team left. Um, and I, I'll ask this hypothetical question to you: It's in here. Um, if you had to bet Gonzaga, Michigan, or Baylor versus the field, who, who would you? So, are you saying? Like pick one of those or the field. Yeah, like you you can pick one. No, pick one of those teams. Yeah, and or the or the other sixty three basically. Right. Yeah. I'm just okay. saying Michigan, Baylor, and Zaga because I think they're the best. But I do too. Um, I don't know how you go against the Zags here. I don't know like, either. I, I don't know how you team, can say they're not going to be the one to win. The the only thing that might trip them up this year is. The West Coast Conference has been like actually really bad. Like St. Mary's is usually at least all right. So they played nobody. In, they hasn't. They haven't played anybody good since probably early winter um, when they. I mean, they. And I'll give them credit. They did go out and I mean they scheduled a game with Baylor. They scheduled a lot of games. Unfortunately, the Baylor one got postponed. But yeah, I mean, if if I would take Gonzaga over the field right now, I think. Yeah, I, I just don't man. see how. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and um, and obviously uh, over the weekend Baylor lost to Kansas. Um, Kansas is good again. Uh, they're probably gonna make the tournament. Um, I'm Kansas is good enough of a team right now that I think they could win the tournament as well too if they get on a roll. Um, so I think it's gonna be an insane March, and I'm so much looking forward to it. Um, I. Put uh, yesterday, I don't know if you watched it all, but I mean, it was it was heaven. I mean, it was five o'clock was Baylor West Virginia, and seven o'clock was Michigan Illinois. 
I didn't watch Baylor, West Virginia, but I played a parlay on both of them. And I took, I was lucky because I took Illinois outright first, um, which was crazy odds. And then of course I took uh, West Virginia plus, um, plus five. No, it was plus, plus four and they lost by five. So that parlay failed. That's very <laughs> um, and then, like I said, Michigan got rolled yesterday by it. Yeah, Illinois. yo, that without, was ugly. Without and Illinois was without Ayo Dafsamino, their best player. Um, so I think people need to take a little bit of a pause on Michigan and let's 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 take a couple steps back. They played a really good season so far, but let's take a couple steps back and. Not, they're yeah, not better well, than Gonzaga. They're not better the same than Gonzaga. thing we said when when Baylor lost to Kansas, but now Kansas has gone on a roll. So you're like, oh, they're just getting hot or whatever. And you know, Baylor. You know, you could look at it and say Baylor only won by five points to West Virginia. West Virginia is still a very good team. Kansas is going on a roll, like you said. They could go and go deep in the tournament. But this is Illinois we're talking about. This this is not this dominating team. I know Illinois is having a, a decent season, a pretty good season. Some would even say, but like it's a good, you're it's Michigan. A really good they're, they're ranked yeah. number four. I mixed them up with someone else then. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but basically the big 10 tree, the quad of Iowa, Ohio state, Michigan, and Illinois at all times, they're like all somewhere inside the top 15. Yeah. I think I mixed up them with another team. So, uh, apologies, Illinois, right? Illini. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I, I get it's a good team, but like they're without their best player. And they got rolled. You, and you got like it was like literally at 15 home. to twenty points, fifteen to twenty points at home. Like, I, I get having a bad game, but having a bad game versus a team without their best player and getting rolled like that is very different than having a bad game. And just on an off day, like you know, it's just it's not really the same. So if I'm Michigan, it's back to the drawing board, back to practice, do the suicides or whatever. But like, you gotta you gotta figure yeah. this out because it's a bad time to hit a slump. Yeah, and I, this is I didn't write this down, but this is a topic I wanted to bring up. So obviously, we know most school. I mean, some of them are allowing them in now, students and stuff a little bit. Um, well, North Carolina played last week versus Florida State. And I think they had uh, like, I don't know, 40 or 50% capacity and they were all students and they were actually a big reason why North Carolina upset, upset Florida state. Um, so I hope like this week players and in, in conference tournaments, like the big name players and the big name teams can get used because like, it, it's gotta be a little bit weird going from playing into an, a, an empty gym versus in Indiana where there's going to be like at least 50% capacity. So I hope they get used to it next week. Um, but we're, I mean, yeah. we're looking at, I mean, it's going to be a great March and uh, I'm hoping it's going to, I mean, conference championship start weeks that starts next week, which uh, is a great uh, talking point uh, to our next topic. Um, uh, who do we think is going to win uh, the big five tournaments? Uh, I will let you go first. Uh, ACC. Uh you take head on this while I just pull up everything because I, I kind of – I had it open, but then when the Golden Tate news came out, I lost it. So why don't you head it very quickly? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty honest. I think North Carolina will win. Um, they do well. I think North Carolina or Duke will win. 
Um, I would be mad if Duke wins. I'll be happy if UNC wins. Um, but uh, <laughs> they both play really well in the tournament. Virginia has struggled as of late. Virginia yeah. Tech has struggled as of late. And um, uh, who's the other team that's struggled as of late? Um, Florida State has uh, been up and down. So, uh, I mean, and I think yeah, I mean, I think we could see the same thing in the Big Twelve, where it and you know I, I might even say this. I might make a hot take right now and say I'm going to parlay the three conference championships: North Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas. To win their conference tournaments, that would oh, dude, that would be awesome. that would be insane, bro. So that's that what those were picks for the Big Twelve, the um, ACC, and um, the other one. I don't know uh, the big uh, the ACC, Big Twelve, and SEC. So um, yeah, I forgot about the right. SEC. Um, I don't know I, the one team that you you didn't really mention that I kind of would. Consider again, and like and I, I agree with you on a lot of stuff. I don't know if I would count out Florida State because they're having a very, very oh, solid yeah, no. season. But the the one dark horse team that I was really having my eye on in the ACC was Clemson because Clemson's won five in a row now. They're fifteen and five. They're having a pretty solid season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling like they could be competitive and, and a team that gets overlooked. Um, same thing with Georgia Tech, but on a much lesser scale because Georgia Tech is Georgia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, Clemson's got, I believe, either three or four four-star prospects starting in their starting five. Um, so I, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, uh, I They've had a great season in – I mean, they've had a good season, but they had, they've had a great season in the fact that I think they've, they've beaten North Carolina and Duke each once at least, if not twice each, um, which is yeah. huge. Um so honestly, I'm cheering for Clemson basketball because that could possibly mean the downfall of Dabo Sweeney. And I, my goal one day is that Dabo Sweeney will be fired and he will have no one that likes him. And I will, at that point, <laughs> in my life have a full time job, and I will call him and tell him, "Hey, man, you can work <laughs> for me for one dollar a day, being my assistant." And um, that, that, will be his only one offer in the world and he'll take it and he'll be my slave for a little bit. Love that. I just don't like that. Anyway. I don't like that. No, but that is, <laughs> it's huge for Clemson now because it makes sense. Like a lot of the big name, even Alabama now too, they're good now in basketball too. Like they're finally kind of evening out um, a little yeah, it's bit. It's not so. just one school. So I, yeah. I like Clemson for that. Did you give your big 12? Kansas. You said Kansas? I don't know, dude. I know I know this is not really flashy, but I think Baylor will find a way to bounce back. I, oh yeah. I the only reason that. I'm the only reason I'm picking Kansas is because I'm parlaying oh. all three of those. I'm parlaying oh, okay. three blue bloods. No, I think Baylor, I think Baylor has a great shot to yeah. win. Baylor, um, Baylor, I think, is the front runner. And if I had to choose a dark horse, I this is gonna be a not a hot take, but definitely like a warmish take. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State somehow State. found a way to that. say that. I knew Oklahoma. you were going to say that. I just I don't just, know, bro. Like you love Cade Cunningham. No, I agree. He's good enough where he could carry. I don't know if he's good enough where he can carry the team through like four games in the uh, Big Twelve tournament. But he's good enough to uh, if they get once they get in the tournament, he's 
He's a, I, I think he's a Carmelo Anthony type player that could lead. Or John Moran, like we saw a year ago or two years ago with, with Yeah, Murray but State. he got cr- John Morant got. I mean, they got crushed in the second round. Yeah, but like, I don't really expect Oklahoma State to go more than a round or two. Do you think that they could go all the way, like Carmelo Anthony did? I don't. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think I think Cade Cunningham is probably a better player than Carmelo Anthony was when he was at Syracuse his freshman year. Um, like I said, he's good enough where I I could see him winning. <laughs> I could see Oklahoma State winning two or three games just on his back. I mean, Purdue did it uh, two years ago almost on, on the back of that point guard who was just shooting from 56 feet every time. Purdue. Can't remember his oh, name. Oh, okay, yeah, Carson Edwards. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who spells his name with an E-N? Carson. I don't like that. Carson. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So let, let, let's move to your uh, big, big Ten. Big Ten? Or not Big Ten, Big East, sorry. Oh, oh Okay. Uh, just a side note: After upsetting Villanova on the during the weekend, Butler then went and upset number twenty-five DePaul in their next game. So that's two times in a row now we've beaten uh, ranked teams, but they're not winning the division. That's good. That's um, good. Uh, did you did you know a fun fact about DePaul? Sure. Um, it, I when I went to college in two thousand eleven. It was far and away the college that had the most STDs. Huh. Wait, what? <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. Yes. They like have most more more students at DePaul, like like uh had to go like they were officially at STDs. Yes. I would wait, did they play? I think this app's wrong. Because I don't, I don't think DePaul is ranked because they're they suck. So it must. I don't think DePaul is either. No, I uh, I know they play tonight. I think don't they? No, they play. No, they're they're garbage. We beat someone else though. I thought we just beat another one. Maybe Hmm. I was looking at an anniversary. I don't even know. I saw something on my school's uh, school basketball's page, and I just I thought it was new. I guess I've been I like I said I've been working on this paper for like three days now in a row. Uh, non-stop so I didn't I haven't really kept up with with the basketball world because I was busy but yeah we knocked off uh, Villanova in our previous game but like we're not winning that obviously Nova's the favorite but I never count out Crichton because Crichton is a very 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 good team wait wait say it again Crichton 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 you're saying it wrong. Creighton, fine. Creighton. Creighton. It's like it's like crayon except for Creighton. Okay, well, Creighton. I'm so tired. Um, you're anyway, gonna me, you're gonna hate me in like three weeks. In three weeks? I, I, I mean, if you hate ago. me, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, if we if we both hate each other, we get more views. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it would be like uh, Skin Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just go back and forth on everything, but we unfortunately we do agree on a lot of sports things where yeah. it would be hard to argue. Um, but um, um, we, just so you know, we do have to kind of pick this up so we can get to the AFC North because I know Zero Tech is recording tonight at eight thirty, and I usually get out around eight fifteen. All right. Um. Anyway, 
Uh, UConn is also a, a dark horse for that, but I don't really see Villanova losing the conference. Is um is uh is he still the, who's the coach of UConn? Is it still him? Um, not Calhoun, the guy after Calhoun. Um, um I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's Dan Hurley now. It used to be Kevin Ollie. That's who I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, it's Dan Hurley now. Um, who is it? Going to be a really, really good coach, I think. Um, but is it also a psychopath? All right. And what are you, what are you thinking for for the Big East there? Big East? Now we can move on. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm going Creighton. Creighton. I'm going to add that to my parlay. Like, I'm just going to do all teams with blue <laughs> in a five in a in a sixteen parlay. Nova has Creighton, blue. Creighton, Creighton's ranked fourteenth. And what's Nova? Ten. Okay. <laughs> I don't really see a difference, but I mean, do whatever you want. I don't. Nova usually just, plays well the, in the conference the tournament. Three, though, that's all I'm saying. If you, look, if you look at the other three, they're not the favorite to win the tournament. North Carolina's not the favorite. Uh, Kentucky's what? not the favorite. Kansas isn't the favorite. And neither is Creighton. And then uh, in the Pac-12, I'm going to UCLA. And then – um. <laughs> UCLA is the favorite. Big though. Ten, Big Ten, um, Michigan. Yeah. Penn, you seven. can go Penn State. They're five and twelve, but they have blue. Um, <laughs> what about Northwestern? How's Northwestern? Uh, Northwestern is four and thirteen, even worse okay. than Penn State. Um, <laughs> Iowa has yellow and black. Michigan's go, the favorite. I'll go, I'll, go, blue. I'll go with Ohio State from the Big Ten. I will be locking. That will be my parlay for the for conference championships. Lock it in. I'll let you know what the odds are. Uh, what All right. So let me know how that goes. Anyway, if if I'm right on this, it's going all going to go viral. So you better be <laughs> you better be cheering for me. Uh, I'm always cheering for you. That sounded sarcastic, asshole. Always? No, never. Okay. Always um, cheer for you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Creighton we can move that, on. Yeah, Creighton plays at Villanova tonight. Nova's minus four and a half. Who do you got? Creighton. I got Creighton too. Um, Creighton. Well, but just yeah. just because of the points, I if it was straight up, I'd go Nova. I agree. I agree. Uh, I also think it's Nova. Once they hit the tournament, they have a very good chance to win it all. They always they always have a uh, a switch but, that they flick on. Yeah, and and because I mean they missed like they missed they were like dormant for like a whole month this year because of that. So unfortunately I don't like Villanova, the biggest shot in Villanova history. Literally I cried as a 25 year old and it was horrible. And my roommate was a Villanova fan. It was so bad. Oh, um, that's the worst, bro. Oh, it was horrible because he was like so excited. And I was and obviously, I remember, I remember I just laid on my back in our living room like this. And he was like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, dude, you know what? I'm just gonna go into my room. I'm gonna take a shower. You just keep on celebrating because that was awesome and you deserve it. But my heart can't take this right now. Um, yeah, like get it all out of your system by the time. I Yeah, like that congratulations. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, when I'm done with um, my so shower, it better not be going on. <laughs> or I'm breaking all the windows, and we will have to pay a lot of money for this apartment. Um, but. Uh, yeah, um, so that was interesting. But uh, like I said, 
I think Villanova, they do it every year, like you said. They're going to come – I mean, they're going to be clicking at right, just the exact right time. Um, of course. It seems like. Usual. So, um, yeah. Um, and then uh, do I have anything else? Uh, the weekend parlay. Yeah, uh, we yeah, had, uh, my weekend parlay, but I really don't care about that. I've already, I've already made my hot, my. my hey, hot you're picking team. Butler. Let's go. I did. Yeah. Let's go. Um, I think they play. Uh, they play somebody. Um, but uh, um, yeah. So uh, I'll take you. But yeah, I mean, I'm locked in on my uh, conference championship parlay. All blue teams, but Ohio State. So let's move on to what we really need to talk about today. Um, AFC North free agency. Um, So let's just uh, – this is mine, my division, so I'll start out. Uh, We'll obviously do Cleveland last. Do you have a preference who we do first? No. Okay. Then I will start with – I'll just go on the line from historically best to worst. Um, For Pittsburgh, uh, they're in a tough situation. I mean, I think we know that because – and I think – I don't know why I get off topic of this so much, but and Drew Brees is in the same situation with the Saints, where if though either one of those players want to come back next year, you can't say no to them. Right. But but like you need to somehow move forward. So I think the Steelers need Steelers actually need a decent amount of stuff. They they need to redo their offensive line. Um, Hayward and uh, Hayward is uh, getting older. They're only really young defensive. Stud is TJ Watt, uh, Bud Dupree's leaving, so they need to redo their defensive line. Um, and then, like I said, they need a quarterback, and they could really – I mean, James Conner was a good story for a while, but they need a real running back in the NFL. I mean, they had the worst rushing attack last year, so um, they need a running back. Right. So then who did you have them – Oh, okay. Uh, we'll go straight yeah, to that. We'll um, do it like that. We'll do it like that. Yeah, cool, cool. I like that. Um, uh, honestly, I don't really have a running back for them because I, I, I don't – like I, I feel like you could kind of just pick someone up and it, it'll end up being okay. Um, I think uh, what would make – if Ben came back and um, what would make Pittsburgh very scary to me, uh, and if they re-signed Juju – if Corey Davis went there, uh, they would have probably the best – one of the best group of receivers in the NFL. If – yeah, with yep. Claypool, uh, Smith-Schuster, and uh, – Davis, and then uh, they also need to fill in at cornerback. Joe Hayden's getting old, and Cameron Sutton isn't really the guy they once thought they he was when they drafted him. Uh, so I could see William Jackson uh, flipping teams in the AFC North and going to Pittsburgh. I think that would be a right. huge signing for them. Um, but yeah, so yep. shoot so, me Pittsburgh. Um, I felt their biggest need was running back, which you kind of already touched on. Uh, James Conner just shows that he's not the guy, and you can't be running Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland and the like. So you, yeah, need, no, you need at least some type of running back, um, a long-term Ooh, quarterback. Thinking about right now before, if the if the Cardinals don't hang on to Kenyon Drake, that would be a very nice spot for him to go because he can catch out of the backfield too, and Ben loves that. Yeah, so I I was I was looking at Drake there because he's my mm-hmm. other than Aaron Jones, like he's one of the top guys that I would look for because I think he has a lot of potential and is still relatively young. Um, the only problem with that is the Steelers are currently $8 million in the hole um, <laughs> underneath the cap. So, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to get Kenyon Drake because even though he hasn't had the greatest two seasons, he's still good enough to demand more money um, than than some the other two guys that I chose for their running back picks, which I'll get to in a minute. 
Um, but again, everything changes if Ben restructures his contract or retires, because that saves him $42 million, putting them up to uh, $36 million above the cap, which would open up options where you could go after an Aaron Jones. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, and like I said, I, I, Pittsburgh's in a tough spot because I mean, like I said, you can't say no to Ben. And if he wants to keep his money, you really can't say no to that either. Um, yeah, but so, he's, like, he, so he's come out and said that he's going to try and rework it. Yeah. I mean, that makes so. sense. I mean, if, if they, if they could restructure his deal to get, I don't know. I mean, you said it, his cap hits 42 right now. Yeah. 40. So, I mean, if they could get his down to, I mean, below that, I mean, they could be in guys like uh, Drake, um, uh, Peterson, I think would be a good pickup for them. But I mean, you were talking so go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I get so then you're good. You're good. Um, like I said, running backs, I'll get to in a minute. They need a long-term quarterback or if Ben retires, they need a, a short-term quarterback just to get a bridge to, to whoever they're going to use as the long-term. Uh, and then you already touched on it. The interior line is the biggest spot for me where Ben got pushed a lot and he's not really mobile. Um, so if you're looking for running back fixes that are cheap, because like I said, they're $8 million under, uh, Mark Ingram would be very interesting in that system because he yes. can run and he can catch. But catch. if you're looking for an even cheaper guy than that, and Mark Ingram's getting a little old, so he's already going to be at a discounted price than what he would be. I think he's going to be 31 next year. But yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're looking for a younger guy that you can extend for a longer period of time that might cost you a little more money, uh, Tevin Coleman would be absolutely filthy in that, in that system. Um, and then the other – two quarterbacks or I had two quarterbacks as the other two as the other perfect free agent signing. Uh, again, a long-term and a short-term, the long-term fix could be Jacoby Brissett. I think that he could run that offense with the Steelers pretty well. Um, and like I said, we're talking just free agency, so I can't put a Sam Darnold there. Um, and if you're looking for a short-term guy, put Andy Dalton in that system. And I think he'll be relatively decent. And cause yeah, so uh, North. he's he's familiar with it too. I agree. Yeah, I, but I mean, I think a great signing if they just said Ben decided to retire. Uh, a great signing would once again be who do you think? My boy Fitzpatrick. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what is he? <laughs> I really, I thought about. It. I really want Fitzpatrick to win one Super Bowl. I think I, I do, do too. I, I and I think the Steelers would be a great landing spot for him. Honestly, bro. I was saying it all throughout the season, and people were like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This is fine. I hated the fact that Miami used him as a relief pitcher for Tua because it was very obvious that he was the he best was quarterback better. on the team. Yeah, He was the best quarterback on the team. He had the best chance to win with him, but they wanted to let Tua play because it's Tua. You either need to commit to growing Tua Tungvaluwa or you need to play the best available quarterback and win now. And he, Brian Flores, as much as I like the guy, and as much as I like him as a coach, he was trying to have it both ways. You can't do that. See, I think so I, I think it's a lot of teams. A lot of teams. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I really hope that Fitzpatrick goes somewhere where he can win and and just show it to the world. I feel like a lot of these young team, younger teams like Miami, um, Jacksonville. I, it's, I promise it's not just Florida teams, um, but they're they're making they're, they're making a turning point in their franchise this year. Where like we don't right now, we don't know what Miami's plans for the future is but it is one of the teams that we will definitively know what they're thinking of their future after the draft. Yep. So agreed. 
So I, um, oh, maybe not after the draft, but before the before spring tra- like that spring training before uh, camp, that we we should know what their plans are. Yeah, um, I, I know what you meant. And uh, I did want to say this to me. It's the like it's it's always been weird, but they're like running backs always been weird in the NFL to me. But I feel like like you have your top tier guys like uh, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, Chubb, um, uh, Kamara, th- those guys, Saquon Barkley, if you can ever find the field, and those guys are worth the money. They're that they're that top notch. And then I have like, and then then like down here almost is like, like I think Eckler's a little bit closer to the top group than this group, but I think Drake's closer to like, is it really worth it to sign him? Like because you can find, I mean we've seen it in the draft. I mean the Rams drafted uh, Cam Akers and he was nope. productive so as hell. I, the running back position is always going to be weird, and I'm going to have to like probably tape my mouth shut when it comes to the fact when it comes to Nick Chubb and the Browns and what they're going to do, because I really want to keep him, but I also don't believe in signing running backs like that. Um, but Chubb could prove me wrong, I guess. Uh, and he I has, think so. if anyone's going to prove you wrong and it's going to show you it's worth the money, it's going to be a guy like Chubb because he can do everything. And he does have the, the physical needs to, to succeed. Like, I think Chubb's a better running back than Derrick Henry overall because yeah, Derrick yeah. Henry's a better mm-hmm. pure rusher because he's bigger and has the strength. But Chubb can do a little bit of everything and still has a decent to good amount of strength. So if anyone could prove you wrong, I would think it would be Nick Chubb. Um, oddly enough, um, when I was looking through the PFF numbers and what I wanted the Browns to do this offseason, I promise I don't go strictly off PFF. But yeah. who do you think were the two best backs in the league at pass blocking? At pass blocking? Like sticking in the pocket blocking. Um, God, I don't even know. That's not a stat okay. that I look into. <laughs> um, it, it was – so obviously the Browns offensive line was voted the best this year, and hopefully going forward it is the best. But a little known fact is the two best pass blocking backs in the NFL this year by a wide margin was Nick Chubb and Andy Janovich. Our uh, fullback. I, yeah. Yeah. It was Nick Chubb and Andy oh. Janovich and Kareem, Kareem Hunt was down there at like 10th. So yeah, I mean, but once we get to that point where we have to extend Chubb, like it needs to be like a three year deal where we're like, this is our Super Bowl like window right now. Because after he's 27, 28, we don't, we're not going to give him that money. So, I, I, in my opinion, you have to just set it like that. Um, and yep. I think this year is actually a really good year. I mean, uh, they're, if they don't extend Baker, um, whatever. But I need to get off the Browns. Um, we can get back to him in a little bit. But uh, I'm going to go with yeah. Baltimore. That's cool with you? Baltimore, yep. All right. So, Baltimore, it's weird. Baltimore is weird to me. I think the position of need – most for them is wide receiver. Um, but I highly doubt they're going to value that in either free agency or the draft, which is weird, but I don't think they'll value it. Um, so I also have, they need an edge rusher and they could use some help on the O line, especially at the center position. Um, I absolutely despise you. Why? My three needs are a wide receiver, one, an interior O lineman, and an edge. 
I mean, that, I told you, <laughs> we, we agree on some things. Um, obviously, I don't think the Browns have enough pull to sway Justin Simmons away from Denver. I do think Baltimore would. So if the Denver, if the Broncos don't sign Simmons, um, which all things are pointing towards, they are going to sign him to a record deal for a safety. Um, but I think Baltimore would be a great spot for him. I mean, um, uh, not Ed Reed. Um, uh, Eric Waddle had a good close to his career there. And uh, Earl Thomas was uh, okay there. So if they could actually get a young free safety, I mean, that takes them over the top. Um, but like I said, I think their biggest need is wide receiver. I don't know why they don't think about it. Um, so any of the receivers really, uh, I like Kendrick Bourne. I like Corey Davis. Um, and then at the center position, uh, David Andrews from Georgia is set to be a free agent this year. Um, right. And obviously I will always go to you. Um, I don't know about the cap. I'm going to um, get into it. Really? So don't you're, you worry. you're my guy about, you're, <laughs> guy, you're my guy about the cap. So um, don't that's you worry why I love you that. because yeah, you got the cap covered. So, um, but yeah, like I said, so, yeah, those, those are, those would be my picks. Right. So, when, when I was looking at it, like I said, I already read you my list of wide receiver one, interior lineman, and, and edge. Um, they could use a wide receiver one and two. Uh, I think Marquise Brown, if he didn't I have like him, to be the one, could be could be a good two. I think he's, he's a deep, better in the slot. He's, he's I think he's better in the slot. I, be, I think he's better in the slot. I think he'd but be then a have him be a two out of the slot, slot kind of like what, what Crowder yeah, is a fine. one out of the slot. So like, yeah, that's, fine. that's what I'm looking at. If you want to keep Willie Sneed as being the outside guy as your three, like fine by me, but you need oh, a true I, I think one. They should, they should move Marquise Brown inside the slot and outside sometimes. I just think with yeah. the, with an RPO with uh, basically with the uh, Ravens and Lamar Jackson with uh, Marquise Brown on the inside, just running a slant. I mean, if they run to just pop it over, I mean, that's a 99 yeah. yard touchdown every time. So we'll go yeah. on. Um, so going into the cap a little bit, Baltimore actually has a really good cap for where they're at. They're currently it. sitting at 12th, 12th in the league for most caps. Kidding me. $24 million in free cap space. Now that's not nearly the 78 million that the Jets and Jags have. But like, like I said, they're 12th. They're almost top 10 in cap space. So because you have Lamar Jackson to extend plays and get out of the pocket, my two marquee free agent signings for them are not linemen because he will be able to get out of the pocket and make throws or run. So I have, them addressing, I have them addressing the other two needs that I have with that extra money that they have because, they did, like I said, $24 million, almost twenty five. Will Fuller would be perfect for that team. He, he's – like Marquise Brown, but better and can actually run more routes. And then if you get Justin Houston to replace the edge, it would be lights out on that defense because the only reason that they truly need defensive linemen is that of their front seven, they have like, I think it's three or four people either uh, contract up this year or next year. So you're looking for, for a guy who can last you a couple of years and Justin Houston is still – one of the best edge rushers in the game, in my opinion. So if you if you splurge your twenty four million dollars on just those two, I think he, I think they're going to stay competitive for the division. If not, they're going to take it from the Steelers or the Browns. Yeah, I feel that, and uh, I know I said Corey Davis, um, but I actually now that I think about, it, I don't really see him fitting there. 
He's yeah, more he's of not a, a true one like that. Yeah. It, well, he's more of a possession guy to me than yeah. like, I mean, to me, it looks Baltimore in the future. If I were the coach, I mean, they need to be like uh, the big play offense. They almost need to go like a kind of a chiefs kind of offense, like the big play yep. offense, I think, which they've done well, but uh, like I said, they need receivers. So um, we're going to get through these next two pretty quick. So I do like to do at least one segment. Um, but sure. uh, so I will move on to the Bengals. Um, first I will go to you and tell me about their cap situation. Oh, you want to hear the cap now? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do every time before every team. I'm just going to ask you about the cap situation. So this, this is what I was saying with Baltimore having a lot of cap space in comparison to the rest of the league. Cincinnati currently sits seven to Baltimore's 12, but Cincinnati has double the amount of cap space almost than the Bengals. So Cincinnati has $43 million in available cap space. Forty-three million. Okay. Forty-three mil. They said they said number seven. Okay. Um, so the needs for I have for them, um, I would love for them. Okay, I'll, I'll get into it when I say fits. Okay. Uh, they need help on the O line a little bit. Uh, Jonah Williams, through they drafted out of Alabama, is okay, but I think he's more either of an interior player, offensive lineman, or a right tackle instead of being the guy that has to protect Joe Burrow um, because he can't. Um, because he can't. That's um, And uh, other than Tyler Boyd, uh, now, that, now that I rethink this, they really don't need it. They could use a slot receiver, I guess, but uh, their receivers right now were Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Boyd plays the slot a lot too. I know that. But um, Tyler Boyd and um, T. Higgins, uh, that's a pretty good uh, receiving duo. Um, I also would love for them to get a tight end. And then in the secondary, uh, they're going to need help at the edge and at the corner because I don't think William Jackson – clearly I don't think William Jackson is going to resign considering I have him as one of my top things for Pittsburgh. So, Yeah. I um, – what was I going to say? I, I could see them – if they don't land Sewell in the draft, they could they could go after Jamar Chase for yes, Joe Burrow's I, I, sake. Yeah, so, that, that was exactly – when I stopped myself, that, that's what, exactly what I was going to say. It matters a lot what they do in the draft because I think if Sewell falls to them, he'll play left tackle for them. They'll move Jonah Williams inside or to the right, and I mean, that's perfect for them if you think about it, but go ahead. Yeah, so I – for your wide receiver, I was just clarifying that. They, they could do that through the draft. But uh, So my needs for Cincinnati are offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Um, skill they, you gotta they, put skill position players at some point. No, I know. I just I they need well, offensive I mean, lines so badly yeah, after I mean, what happened to Joe Burrow, man. I mean, yeah, you can't I mean, put him back out there with what they have. So, uh, I three offensive line and then cornerback and edge. Um, mostly cornerback because I think their their defensive front is okay. It's not nearly what it should be, but they have so many holes elsewhere that they need to focus on, like maybe an offensive line. Um, so for my perfect free agency pickups there, um, Trent Williams and, uh, Joe Thune from the Patriots. Is it Joe? I think it's Joe Thune. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, if you could get both of those guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate whatsoever with your $43 million. Um, and then if you're looking to pick up a corner, uh, to, to just kind of help out, uh, Jesse Bates, that's the safety's name. Just to help out Jesse Bates in the uh, secondary, 
you can get two guys for cheap that I think would be very good veteran presences in the locker room or have a good veteran presence in the locker room and also still kind of compete in Richard Sherman or A.J. Boye. Uh, Sherman's a little bit older than Boye. Boye is 30 years old. He's turning 31, I think, relatively soon. But um, if, if you could sign both Dooney and Williams and then get Boye, I think you're in a much better spot than what you obviously were this past season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, it matters a lot what they do in the draft. Um, but I think they're in a good a good place in the draft. I do. Because there is a chance that's – I think there is a – I would say there's about 50%, 60% chance that Sewell falls to them. It Actually, I would actually say it's higher because if he doesn't get drafted by the Jets, I don't – I mean, who else is going to draft him in that top five other than the Bengals? I mean, we, were, we talked about on one of our shows last week or the week before how if Sewell falls, Miami should take him. To protect two. I, well, yeah, I, so, I mean, other than Trevor Lawrence, I think Sewell is the best prospect in this yeah. class. Like, so I, yeah. I but I just, I, I don't think, I don't, I mean, Miami, yes, th- that would then again show us that they plan to keep Tua. But um, like I said, it matters a lot what they did in the draft. But they're, like I said, a good spot because Sewell's gone. Chase. I actually, yeah. I, I actually, uh, Recently, I prefer Devonta Smith as the best receiver in this class, and I actually I think Kyle Pitts is the best wide receiver tight end in this entire class. I would like I, if I mean Jamar Chase is obviously a big pull because they both went to LSU, but I think um, I wouldn't take Devonta Smith, uh, but I would take uh, uh, Kyle Pitts before him. I mean, I would too, but their tight end room isn't nearly as bad as you would think. Uh, CJ Uzma I mean, was a very big part of the receiving I, group there. I I think in next year you could see Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, like full on. True. Like yep. Wide receiver. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I have him as a top um, so, ten player, so I just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel, um, and then we'll go to the Browns, and then we're gonna unfortunately have to be done. Um. But uh, the Browns, uh, um, uh, I think they need uh, – they obviously need linebacker help. Uh, the whole secondary needs help. And uh, they could use a defensive line upgrade uh, considering that the middle of the defensive line is probably going to be an open hole here in about two weeks because uh, they're not going <laughs> to – they're going to cut Richardson, I think, and they're not going to re-sign Joby, which makes me very nervous because, I mean, they were good yeah. this year, like – I want as few changes as possible. And Kevin Stefanski had come out, and it is true. He said yesterday during his press conference that it's incredibly good and incredibly lucky that we have all of our coaches returning. Right. So I'm happy about that, but I would I would love to see them hold on to one of those defensive tackles, but whatever. Um, but their biggest need to me is uh, the secondary. It's uh, Other than Denzel Ward, I mean – Grant Delpit is going to play a huge role, hopefully next year. I think that he's going to cat if he has a good year. I think he'll catapult himself easily up into the top ten of the uh, free safeties in the league, just because there's so few of them, and because um, just because I think he's athletic enough to do it. I mean, he won the uh, uh, the defensive back award. And the Thorpe Award, Thorpe, 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 won the Thorpe Award as a safety. And they usually, I mean, they go to safety sometimes, but they go to corners mostly. Um, so he's really good in coverage. And I've seen, I uh, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I creeped on his Instagram yesterday. Uh, he, he's looking big. He's looking good. So, 
Great. I'm ready for him. So I don't, I, I actually would not be like, if they're, if they're going to go out and look for a free safety, see if you can persuade Justin Simmons. But if you can't persuade Justin Simmons, let's ride with Delpit and put our money elsewhere. Um, so uh, the best fits I have for them, um, uh, like I said, Justin Simmons, um, Patrick Peterson. Um, but as I kind of rethink that because he really only is an outside corner and, so is greedy and you have to kind of go into next season assuming greedy will be healthy at least at the start of the season so they could use a slot corner way more um i know right. mackenzie alexander's out there uh, i don't think william jackson would make the move here uh, but uh peterson would be a cheap pickup and i think he'd want to come here um right. considering that half of our players went to lsu anyways um <laughs> and then uh the two recent ones i put on here because they didn't get um JJ Watt, I would love Von Miller, just not anywhere near the price that um, JJ Watt was. I don't think I don't think he'll command that. Um, but uh, and then Kyle Van Noy, who just got caught yesterday by the Dolphins. Right. Uh, I'm a huge. If we can sign Kyle Van Noy right now, I'm a. That's who I. Other than Rashard Higgins, I want all of our efforts into signing a veteran captain, outside linebacker. Right. So, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, Obviously, I put your your three biggest needs in no no specific order. Uh, defensive end slash edge, you just need you need some edge help. Uh, a true cornerback two, and a coverage linebacker. So we are on the same scale there. Um, I was looking at it from a little different perspective. Uh, you guys are right below Baltimore in cap space because Baltimore is twenty four million free. You guys have around twenty, so not that big of a difference, but. Uh, I, I took the time to kind of break down a little bit more of my thinking and trying to fill all three positions in a budget of your $20 million or whatever it is. So, so what, what three positions, what three positions, corner, free safety and edge. No, I don't have. Free safety as a problem. So you have corner, uh, cover, edge and coverage, coverage corner, linebacker. Coverage, edge, coverage, linebacker. edge okay. corner. I'll do the same thing as you after you give yours. Right. So okay. I have two cheap options. One of them is more of a long-term move where you're going to pay a little bit more for them. Um, or another one is, is a, obviously a little more of a risk and you can understand why. Um, Jadavian Clowney is a risk, but he's 28 years old. Hasn't really played healthy, but he's not going to demand a huge salary. So he's 28, still well, relatively well, young. You can use well, it. According to me, According to me, <laughs> the Browns have already offered him the most money this offseason, so he's just balking at Cleveland. Right. <laughs> um, and then another guy that I think people have kind of forgot about, and I don't really know why, is Yannick Ngakwe. The guy's 26 yes. years old. 26 like, and on the free agent market, and he's a beast off the edge. He's going to demand a little bit more money than Jadavian Clowney, but if you guys could snag him up, him and Miles Garrett would would be like what Yannick Ngakwe was on the Jaguars. It would be Saxonville, with with because yeah. you guys could then just run three or four and get pressure and then have everyone drop back. So if you're looking for a defensive end or edge, I would personally be targeting Yannick Ngakwe. I, I feel that, yeah. So then, um, if you're move, I move over to the corner, right? Mm-hmm. I there's only one guy that I really could see fitting in there if you're looking to get all three positions or filled in this. And another 26-year-old guy, really young. He's probably not going to get re-signed by the Packers. It's Kevin King. Kevin King was a very, very solid corner. 
when he wasn't having to go up against the number one number one receiving option. Because Jair Alexander was great. He played a lot of slot, which meant that he wasn't going after the number one a lot of the time. So if you can get Kevin Kane to cover the two and, and play alongside Denzel Ward, that I think that's a lights out option. So then you look at the next position of, of coverage linebacker in the last position. Uh, two guys are that are on, in my opinion, the same level, going to be around the same price range. One of them's coming off an ACL injury, so that puts him a little bit below. Um, Avery Williamson was a guy that we had on the Jets that we traded to Pittsburgh, uh, and he played really well until he tore his ACL again. Uh, not again, I shouldn't say that. Just Pittsburgh linebackers got messed up this season. Uh, Avery Williamson's a guy that like I was rooting for and cheered for. He's a very solid player. Not really going to wow you on the field, but he's not going to make any stupid mistakes. Or uh, I think this is another guy from the Packers, Christian Kirksley. Both of them are 29 years old. Very, yeah, very good. Christian covered Kirksey guys. Yeah, Kirksey started his career as a Brown. Right. I knew that, and I didn't put a note about it. <laughs> um, he could come back. I mean, he's, he's a really solid coverage guy, and now that you guys are winning, he might want to just wrap it back around, but – if you can land Kevin King and either Yannick and Clowney and then either Williamson or Kirksley, like the defense is going to be filthy. If you can somehow find a way to get three of these guys here, it's going to be filthy. So I'm going to do the same thing as you put the three positions. Um, I know you want to do free agency. I will fill one of those positions, possibly two in the draft um, right. by drafting Zayvon Collins. Excellent coverage linebacker could yep. become – an edge rusher at some point, but more of a coverage linebacker. I love Zayvon Collins, so I'm taking care of one of those. Edge, um, like I said, I would love to have Von Miller. Yannick Ngakwe is not a bad choice, um, but I feel like Yannick Ngakwe, he's a line. Is he more of an edge or is he a linebacker? Because I He's not a linebacker. He's, he's yeah, played so defensive I, end I his like whole Ng- career, but it was more of an edge. Yeah, so I like Ngakwe there. And then, um, and if not, I think you can find. Like, I think the these three positions are are fixable in the draft, for, to me, or two of the three, no matter what. Because, like I said, you take Zayvon Collins, or you take, um, I want Zayvon Collins, or you take one of the corners is bound to fall. J.C. Horn, not Caleb. I mean, if Caleb Farley's there at twenty six. Give me him, obviously. Um, yeah, J.C. Horn. Could oddly, be there, though. oddly enough, I also did see. Um, uh, PFF did their latest. Once again, I promise this is not where I get all my news. <laughs> PFF did their latest mock draft. You know who they, they had the Browns taking at twenty six? Micah Parsons. He's not falling that far. They think. Uh, I agree. I don't think he's going to fall that far. He's not but, getting out of the top ten. Uh, the reasoning is not terrible. I don't think he'll fall to the Browns, but he's not very good in coverage. I see that's the problem that I have with any like thing that people write about Penn State. Just because he didn't have to do it in college or they didn't want him to do it in college doesn't mean he's bad at it. Like they used him as an edge because that's what they needed him for and he excelled in it. So that they're looking at it like, oh, he's not gonna cover an edge. I mean they used him basically to blitz. blitz. They used him as a run stopping middle linebacker, yes. Right, and I know, but like he was never asked really to go and go back in coverage, and it's not it's not that he did he got burnt every time he did it or whatever. He just wasn't asked to do it often, so there's not a lot of tape on it. So then people yeah. are just like, oh, he's not good at coverage. 
No, well, that's just what the team needed him to do. So, that, and it's it's always Penn State players on defense. Always. Oh, that was a – I didn't know you liked Penn State that much. Uh, I don't even like Penn State that much, but I just – every time a defensive player comes out of well, Penn State, I'm just gonna say, I'm just going to say – I'm just going to say PFF said he's bad at coverage, and I'll believe you, but PFF usually knows when he's bad in coverage. Um, but, I mean, if Micah Parsons falls to you there, I mean, that's – that's you're filled – you're filled with edge and he'll he's good enough to develop eventually develop into a good coverage linebacker so if i mean that's a dream scenario for the browns i don't see that happening so like i said you're either taking Zayvon collins or one of the cornerbacks that fall and then you can uh, address the edge in free agency if you want with a guy like agakwe or um von miller or i mean in the second round uh there's bound to be edge rushers that are waiting to be found. And the Browns have enough player and cap uh, and draft capital and money to possibly move up in the second round if they need to. Um, and then I will say, I guess, in the corner market, like I said, I don't think Patrick Peterson's a great fit because you, to me as a Browns fan, you have to go into next year thinking that Greedy Williams is going to be healthy and play or else you might just you, you might as well just cut him this year. So, and Greedy Williams is not a slot. Um, if they if they could pull off signing Mike Hilton to play in the slot, um, and then either if they could sign Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton that'd be huge. He could either be a cover, he could be an outside corner, and he could be a uh, slot or a slot guy. And um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I actually think a guy like Sean Wade will probably fall into the middle to late second, second round. round. Yeah, I so I wouldn't be surprised like if they picked him. You did. You liked him like two months ago. I've been doing a lot more reading and, and research, and more stuff's coming out about him. Uh, yeah, I go no, to he had a, if, he had a really if you're looking year. for a good place to get stuff that's not PFF. Uh, the Draft Network is is a website oh, yeah, that I go it. to very often. I've seen it. Uh, PFF kind of has a better reputation. I know. I'm just saying. I, I like a lot no, of I, the stuff that comes out of there. This is an alternate honestly, source. Honestly, I just use PFF because it's easy when I'm writing. It's just PFF yep. said that we have the best line in the world. So, whatever. <laughs> um, well, like I said, that's going to do it for today's show. Um, sorry we didn't get to some of the uh, uh, segments. Um, but like I said, we, 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 when we talk about football and basketball, we talk about football and basketball. Um, so, like I said um, – uh, we will be back with you Monday of next week uh, with the guest. Um, her name is uh, ex-NFL cheerleader Jennifer Cobb. Uh, she's going to come talk to us about Team Gateway to a Cure, and uh, which is basically she works with Michael J. Fox Association uh, to find a cure for Parkinson's. Um, it's somewhat personal to me because my grandmother had Parkinson's and um, it uh, affected her. It was played a part, role in her death, so – um, but yeah, it, it should be a really good, really, uh, really, really good interview. Um, we'll also ask her probably some football stuff about cheerleading. I don't know. I have to send, I, I will send over his eight, her agent, uh, our outline tomorrow because he has to prep her on it. Um, but, uh, so yes, we will have that. And then, uh, another, uh, you have a Butler player coming on. Tell us about that. I do. This is my buddy, Mitch Lalati. Uh, he plays offensive line for us as Butler oh, Bulldogs. Yes. I, I and, love offensive line guys. Dude, he's so chill. Like Midge and I have been friends for like at least two years now. And you're going to love him. He's a huge Browns fan. You guys can geek out over that. 
So oh, dude. I, I, mean, I was like, you know what, Mitch? I need you to come on and meet my guy, Justin. You guys will get along just fine. I mean, so, I'm already campaigning for Mitch to be drafted by the Browns at some point. I'm already <laughs> campaigning it. Um, don't worry, Mitch. I'll take care of you. We got it. Um, um, but also, I was very lucky today. I got – I – followed uh so north dakota is number one in the fcs rankings my fcs rankings and they're right. in some number one in some of them they're either one one through three somewhere um they beat south dakota state last week it was a big upset and i followed i saw one of their players on there he was this uh he was a white running back that had sunshine hair number seven fast as hell and i i looked i uh i looked him up and um i searched him on twitter and his name is uh, Matt Skokna, I believe. Um, okay. Uh, that could be wrong. Um, uh, let me check my phone. But um, And so I followed him last night. And uh, so I was just like, whatever. And so the follow, he he was like, okay. And then uh, so I was able to send him a direct message. And I, was, I messaged him. I was like, I know it's a long shot, man. I know you got the season going on. Any chance you can come on? He said, hell yeah. Um, uh, oh, let's go. This week. He said, hit me up this weekend. Um, like I said, you're going to love him. He's really cool. Um, I've kind of talked to him a little bit. And uh, I'll, I'll give you his highlights versus the South Dakota State. I mean, the dude, his all-purpose yardage was crazy. I mean, he returned two kickoffs past the 50, returned a punt very far and had two rushing touchdowns. Um, he's awesome. Uh, like I said, his name is Matt Scockman. We'll have him on um, maybe next week or even the week after. Um, and, uh, yeah. we should have, uh, other FCS, uh, players on as well. And, uh, I don't know, we've gotten, like we've said in the past, we've gotten really lucky with some guests this time around. Um, so we're going to try and keep it. Uh, I don't know how we're going to end up doing with guests cause we already take an hour and 45 minutes ourselves. <laughs> so talk about, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, but like I said, um, that's all coming next week. So just make sure you tune in. Um, uh, good luck on your date, Tom, on Sunday. I don't have a date. I do if not you have follow a date. Tom on Twitter, uh, his handle is down here. On Sunday morning or Sunday night, just, just I congratulate, do not have him. A date. Congra- congratulate him on having sex. That is not that. <laughs> That's not a thing. Um, so, Tom, good luck on your date. Um, do not also, have a date. <laughs> big news. I know I told you last night. I posted on Facebook. We are officially on Spotify. Um, I uploaded everything into Anchor yesterday, all of our episodes, all the interviews. So we are available on uh, Spotify. And with by the end of the week, we will be up wherever you get your podcast, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, iTunes will be up everywhere, um, which is going to be awesome considering we're having some good guests next week. Um, so our ratings should go up. Um, but like I said, make sure you tune in next week. Um, we got some, Things are going good right now. We got some good stuff going in the future. Um, anything? You got to add, Tom, other than uh, – It's Skodogs, baby, and there's no date. <laughs> all right, Tom. All right, all right. Uh, well, that'll do it. Um, have a good weekend, everybody. Tom, have a great date. Uh, there's no date. <laughs> <laughs>